Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. What's going on, man? Not too much in yourself. Ah oh, man, doing all right, doing all right, man. Not doing as good as you, but doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, congratulations on the crib and uh, the tournament, man. Doing everything's coming up, Garrett, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I had to fall back a little bit on the podcast side, but like we back rolling again, so trying to beef it up again. So. Oh, okay. Indeed, sounds good. Yeah, give me one second. I just got to go grab a beverage, man. Go ahead. Cavs game was something else, boy. Man, tell me about it. I can't believe this John Wall guy, man. You got to let Bill or somebody touch it, man. Those last three possessions. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, uh, John Wall, man, he he can shoot you into a game or shoot you out. I figure since you're doing your own thing with the 365, we try to try to expand it out with some more topics. So just you can, you know, expand your horizons as you're getting ready to. I know you're going to have to at some point start up your own thing and everything. So, you know what I mean? Like try to at least, yeah. you know what I'm saying, cut your teeth a little bit more here So with some more stuff to talk about. So Okay. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Yeah, like I, I don't know what they're going to have me doing. I know, like, the curriculum is – is very sports intensive. The uh, sports broadcasting program that I'm about to start middle mm-hmm. of April with uh, Ohio Media School up at Columbus campus. So just getting ready for that because that's going to be like four nights a week. So that's it's going to be it's going to be hectic, man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me know yeah. when you're ready. So. Okay. I'm I'm ready. All right. This is with oh, this is not with Ohio bias. Oh. Welcome into another edition of the 71 South podcast featuring Garrett Staples. About to talk all things sports in Ohio, a little bit from that perspective down south by way of Cincinnati. Uh, welcome in, Garrett. Hey, hey, it's uh, the 71 South podcast. Uh, we're expanding on some different topics. And, I mean, if you're talking about the Queen City and the greater Cincinnati area, man, it's a lot that has happened and uh, transpired and taken place over the past few months here in the Queen City when it's related to sports. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament, uh, how much money Garrett won and how he's going to redistribute it to all the listeners out here. No, I'm just joking. No, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament, specifically from the Cincinnati and Xavier standpoint, the coaching change there with the Musketeers. And then, of course, we'll talk a little Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll stay on the hoop front and um, talk about them going into the playoffs and how that's going to shake out and anybody that's going to challenge them in the Eastern Conference. We then will flip over to the football side, talk a little post-combine, off-season for the Cincinnati Bengals, free agents, the A.J. McCarron trade, and who Garrett wants the Bengals to bring to Marvin Lewis for a new season with the Who Day Nation. Garrett, let's start here, man. Uh, Both Cincinnati um, and Xavier played very well in the tournament. Early exits, though, um, your thoughts on how they fared and uh, what you would have liked to see a little bit more from each one of those squads? It just, uh, you know, this this left a bad taste in uh, all Cincinnati fans uh, or Xavier fans, ex-fans, just from a perspective of, you know, their D1 programs, especially Xavier playing in the Big East, and uh, really starting to get some recognition and really getting love from the NCAA. And with them getting, you know, a number one seed, which Xavier normally doesn't get, and for them to really waste a, a, a golden opportunity to kind of really walk down to the Final Four, it, it's, it's, it adds insult to injury with Chris Mack leaving for Louisville for the big dollars and uh, a better opportunity. And then just from the UC forefront, uh, you know, I really would like to see Mick Cronin gone. You know, he was arranged to have a, uh interview set up with, with um, UNLV. That didn't happen, and he's still here at Cincinnati. But, you know, both of these teams, you know, had double-digit leads going late into the second half and found a way to uh, blow it down in Nashville. You call it the Nashville nightmare because both of these teams did it in back-to-back consecutive fashion in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's 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 heartbreaking. It was a <clears throat> Ohio basketball massacre that weekend. Uh, even the Cavs lost that weekend as well. Um, but <laughs> um, And we know Ohio State has an exit too. But I, I thought, you know, the matchup with Gonzaga was going to go the way that it went earlier on in the season. Um, but Ohio State played well and showed themselves well um, with the Indeed. new coach. And we we talk. We think about new coaches, Garrett. Um, you know, it's kind of sucks. Chris Mack goes to Louisville, leaves Xavier, and it's kind of you know Xavier's all like twenty-seven dresses. You know, like they're always the bridesmaid when it comes to the talented coaches that end up taking a bigger program. But everybody around the program um, and those outside of it feel like Travis Steele is the guy. You get some continuity there by promoting from within. Definitely. Uh, you know that's. 
it sounds like, uh, you know, we're not talking about the Bearcats. We're talking about the Bengals. But uh, definitely continuity is a, a, a huge thing. And then also when you talk Xavier and, and you talk just college basketball, you know, you have to develop those and cultivate those relationships with recruits. And Travis Steele has already been within the uh, program. So he already has those relationships developed with uh, coaches, AAU, and just here in the greater Cincinnati area in Ohio and northern Kentucky and surrounding areas like the tri-state of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Well, let's stay with the hoops, but let's go up north a little bit to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA team in Ohio. They just had a big win over the Wizards that we both enjoyed uh, being witnesses oh. to in this year 15 of greatness, <laughs> Garrett. Uh, how do you think this is going to shake out, man? Uh, we got the back-to-back here with the Sixers tomorrow and uh, just observations from you seeing the, now the Cavs come together here on this win streak that they have, uh, winning the last 11, I believe, of 12 now. Um, let me add, you know, being that I lived in the DMV area, it's always uh, good to have bragging rights when it comes to that game. But let me let me get back to on topic. <laughs> so, yes, like you said, the Cavs have been on a uh, win streak. You're finally getting uh, the whole roster to gel, and you're starting to find some chemistry. And between Coach Drew and and between Coach Lou, I'm glad to see him and him back and taking proper precautions when it comes to his health. You know, it's just fun to see this team start to gel, start to play with one another, uh, guys, you know, kind of finding their roles and where they fit you know, and just start to see team chemistry start to come together. And it's just at the perfect time because the Cavs need to start hitting their their best stride and their best foot forward going into the playoffs. Because, you know, this isn't your regular Cavs team of the past two to three years who have played with one another. So this time that they've had, you know, towards the end of this past month and guys just getting healthy and guys are just – Fitting into that role is, is very important going into the playoffs because you just don't have that experience from previous years outside of Kevin Love, LeBron, and, you know, um, <clears throat> JR and those those kind of guys, the rest of this team, and Tristan. The rest of these guys are, you know, are newer pieces that are just, just finding their way to fit into the puzzle. Yeah, I I definitely am enthused by the fact that the Cavs have been playing better ball and fueled by a, a, uh, a young old Jose Calderon out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> old guy playing young. Um, but, you know, when we see what's happened around the league and everybody reacting to the news, I have personally, Garrett, been um, putting a couple Celtics tears in my drinks here and um, enjoying how they're saddened by the injury by Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I didn't think with Kyrie Irving that they were a challenger to the Cavs, but definitely we know now as good of a coach Brad Stevens is, he just doesn't have the players on the roster right now, healthy and whatnot. And I don't care how many videos they show of Gordon Hayward skipping around with bands on his legs. That guy cannot be ready and should not play come this playoff season. I totally agree. Um, from the Kyrie standpoint, <clears throat> you know, he used that, uh, the knee, you know, and getting it, you know, operated on, the surgery done. Uh, and it looks like that, that wasn't just a threat. That was actually accurate. He needed the surgery to be done, and it looks like he tried to put it off as long as possible, but it came to bite him um, for this postseason. And then in respect to Gordon Hayward, after such a catastrophic injury that he – you know, that occurred with him in that preseason game. No, you, you need to keep him and just shut him down 
And, uh, you know, especially with Kyrie being out, there's no reason to bring Hayward back and just focus on, you know, the 18 and 19 season, basically. Yeah, a lot of Cavs fans feel like this is karma because he used the knee surgery as a reason to, like, for a possible holdout if the Cavs were not to trade him. Um, and then, you know, also, too, his dad's trying to say this goes back to the 2015 season, uh, the Cavs forcing him to play in the playoffs. You know, it's funny to me, though, nobody forced him to play as many minutes as he did for that Olympic team in that off season. that I think that was the year. with the It was the first time that he had played that many games. I'm talking about the subsequent 2016 season. First time mm-hmm. he had played that many games in a postseason, and then to go and go a full off-season Olympic, you know, run, even though he right. was playing for his college coach and whatnot, he was leading that team at some points in minutes, um, that Olympic team. So I think the wear and tear on them caught up with him, and it, it is sad up there that they're this, 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 uh, they have been, you know, devastated by injuries. But, I mean, the Celtics fans were out of control since game one of the season. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, wishing ill will on anybody, but I'm not also here going to join the pity party with those clowns. Um, who else? We saw the Cavs beat the Raptors. Um, the last game that they lost during this win-loss streak was against the Miami Heat. Um, yes. And we know they just beat the Wizards. Is there any team that you see them possibly running up against in the Eastern Conference that uh, could give, could possibly derail their championship or their finals hopes? Well, in the Eastern Conference, you, you just named this team. And, uh, you know, I was hoping that, you know, maybe Charlotte or someone else could, you know, sneak in there. But Miami really worries me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very athletic. They have a lot of length. You have Whiteside. Um, you have, I believe, is it is it James Jones or Johnson or or, or whatever? James but Johnson. Is, yeah. James Johnson. Yeah. He is he is a problem, an athletic freak, and uh, someone who can. I'm not gonna say give LeBron fits, but you know who can really play the game and uh, make Le- LeBron can't just. How can I say it? Take off on the defensive end. So you know, Jeff Green will will have to play his best. And then I just think it's a, a mental thing for LeBron. Always when whenever we go back to Miami, because you you're looking at the eleven of last twelve, I believe the Cavs have not won in Miami. So that that doesn't bode well. And that I mean, if you look at it from that standpoint. It almost sounds like a seven-game series, which you don't want to get into. And then, you know, you talk about Dwayne Wade, and that's his time of the year is during the postseason. You know, he really hasn't played a lot of minutes during the season. He has high mileage, and he's getting towards the very long in the tooth end of his towards the end of his career. But during the postseason, I, sh- I surely believe that he can turn back the clock a little bit and uh, kind of give the Cavs fit. So that's that's a team that really worries me. And just another team from an uh, athleticism uh, standpoint, I don't know if their shooting is up to par, but uh, I, I worry about the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'd say the the Heat and the Bucks are who really, really worry me as far as derailing the Cavs' uh, opportunity to get outside of the East and get back to the uh, Finals. Yeah, I believe the Miami Heat would give the Cavs a longer series. Um, they have, a, I think, the best coach underneath, you know, um, behind Tyron Lue in the Eastern Conference. As much as people laud Brad Stevens, I mean, you can't do anything if you don't have the horses, and that's the biggest problem with the Celtics right now. Um, I, I'm not really worried about the Bucks because I think they're in flux with the, you know, letting go Jason Kidd in the middle of the season and whatnot. I think they definitely mm-hmm. have the talent and a healthy Jabari Parker 
you know, emboldens that. But um, just the coaching, you know, you get into a late-game situation. It's kind of similar to the Cavs-Wizards game we just saw with John Wall tricking off those last three possessions. So, you know, like you, you, you worry about that kind of things, and it was kind of similar to the Scott Brooks-Westbrook problem that happened in OKC where he couldn't rein in a point guard to, you know, at least let somebody else touch the ball in late-game situations. Um, that I'm not worried about the 76ers because I don't think Brett Brown's a good coach either. There's no way that you let a team sit there and tank for three years and then all of a sudden, you know, um, just because they're hot and the city of Philadelphia is on fire with the Supernova, uh-huh. the Super Bowl, and the Villanova Wildcats winning the NCAA tournament. But let's just pump the brakes here. The 76ers are not going to win the NBA Finals. So they'll be lucky to get out of the first round, and um, I hope Joel Embiid's face gets better because uh, I hope his, his, his face can recover as well as his uh, social media game. Um, but I, I look to that. Um, how do you think the West is going to shape out, Garrett? We might as well take a look <coughs> over there, too. Rockets have been rolling. They don't want to rest anybody. Um, Warriors take a 20-point loss to an Indiana Pacer team. That does kind of worry me because Oladipo's playing well, but I don't think they got the horses either. Um, but <coughs> do you think anybody challenges the Warriors, and uh, is that team the Rockets? I, w- I would definitely have to go <coughs> with the uh, with the Rockets as the team to uh, upset Golden State. And we really have to keep an eye on just what is the what is the, the status of, of Steph Curry going into the playoffs because he's already been ruled out, it sounds like, of the, the first round. And, you know, it, it seems like also an equipment issue, you know, with the Under Armour shoes and basically Nike not – supporting him as far as, you know, his face and God and not being able to put that, that on his shoes and him switching over to Under Armour and just the issues that he's had, you know, from a shoe standpoint with all these different ankle injuries. So, I mean, with that being said, <clears throat> we've seen the Warriors at full strength, but if Steph can't, can't go or he's in and out the lineup, uh, definitely I, I have to favor the Houston Rockets to be able to be the first team to pull out the uh, the upset, and I'm I'm very impressed. You know they don't give a lot get a lot of love or media attention. <clears throat> Excuse me, but Portland Trailblazers uh, that's a team I, I love their backcourt with Damian Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum. Very impressive backcourt. Uh, I, I like their front court as well. But like I said, I, I I'd really have to go with Houston and with them being able to upset Golden State, but the the West is such a gauntlet, but the t- by the time that the Warriors would have to actually face the Rockets, you know, I, I think they may not have a lot in the tank. And, you know, to me, Steph Curry, you know, you could have you could have KD out, but Curry is the, the engine that drives that team, you know, outside of the emotional leader being Draymond Green. So, it's interesting to see because if, if Steph can't go, I don't see them getting out the West. Yeah, it's interesting right now, first-round, possible first-round matchup with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't think the Timberwolves could take them but without Jimmy Butler, but I think it would definitely be interesting. You know what's also sad is that at some point you might have had them end up playing the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, but he had a facial injury, uh, facial injury kind of similar to Embiid, so you uh-huh. worry where that leaves them maybe not even making the playoffs now. Um, I also like the Trailblazers front court, man. Zach Collins and Ed Davis, uh, Biggie, you know what I'm saying, from Purdue. And, and of right. course, um, a great year from, you know, Yosef Nurkic. Um, 
I, I just don't know if they that Aminu and Evan Turner, the Ohio State Buckeye, have enough to um, you know slow down KD. So um, if they were have to meet up at some point, but I'm I'm excited for this NBA playoffs, man. It felt like this regular season took a long time to get here, Garrett, but it's finally over. Definitely, definitely, and, and you know, <clears throat> um, if you if you think about it, the years that uh, Golden State didn't uh, win the win the finals or you know or had issues is when you think about these longer series where you remember when this is the series that got KD to go to Golden State you remember the being down 3-1 and, and what they had to expend the energy to you know basically come back down from 3-1 just to get back to the finals for Golden State and that gauntlet that they had the years that Golden State has won you had a year where Tony Parker was out at San Antonio, those kinds of things. Uh, uh, Mike Conley Jr. at the time, he was out at Memphis. And the years that, you know, they've struggled or, or haven't won the uh, finals are years where, they you know, everyone is healthy, which out west, you know, outside of, of the unibrow, like you said, Anthony Davis, you know, mainly uh, the rest of these teams are – are fully staffed and healthy going into the playoffs. And that doesn't bode well. And the longer these series goes, the more anything can happen. And I look for Golden State. I don't look for any cakewalks where they're just sweeping out of rounds. I look for at least, you know, maybe five games, six games uh, in the first and second round, and then go into maybe a, sec- a seven-game series with a Houston or, or with the OKC. So it's, it's, it's tough sledding out West. It's, it's real tough. All right. Well, let's bring it on back to the Midwest here in Ohio and mm-hmm. talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Huge news. Uh, AJ McCarron was traded and he went far North past Cleveland to the Buffalo bills. Um, how did you feel about the trade Garrett? We've been chomping at the bit to get you on to get your reaction. And, um, I mean, I, I was shocked when I saw the news, and it's amazing that Hugh Jackson didn't get his quarterback. Indeed, it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, the just the carousel and how it worked. Uh, I don't know what was it, Buffalo? Did they have some kind of stake in Ohio because they dealt with both teams, <laughs> the Browns and the Bengals, oh, yeah. extensively in all season. So uh, just talking, AJ McCarron, he got his wish. Uh, he was granted you know, free agency. Um, And I think that's a a good landing spot. I really thought, like you said, I thought that was going to be a Hugh Jackson and and A.J. McCarron marriage in Cleveland, but it didn't work out that way. And A.J. is going to uh, Buffalo. So I I think that's a good landing spot for him. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. And just, you know, from what I've read, you know, uh, it was a great article on the Cincinnati Enquirer by Paul Dennerjohn and Jim Ozorski, and they, I guess they were down at the, the, the NFL uh, combine, those kinds of things, and you could see where a little bit of the changing of the guard where Mike Brown, he's kind of stepping back a little bit, and he's letting uh, the day-to-day and the operations be handled by his daughter, Katie Blackburn, and her husband, Troy Blackburn. And, you know, the fans have been happy over the record the past two seasons, and you can really see the aggression uh, and the execution that they have used this offseason, which is not 
the normal Bengals and how they operate, where they actually spent some money to replace that left tackle and Andrew Whitworth that went into free agency and, and went and saw that big payday with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And they replaced him with a, with a trade for Cordy Glenn. And then you have another Cincinnati native and free agency they signed. We needed a linebacker, a middle linebacker after uh, Kevin Mentor, who was kind of a, a project in a bus that went back, uh, I believe, to Arizona. And we brought in Preston Brown, a Cincinnati native, uh, I believe, of Princeton High School. And uh, he wanted to be here. So they, they actually spent some money this offseason, which is, is not normal, normal for the Bengals. Uh, in free agency. It, it's funny. A lot of people thought the move at linebacker would spell the end of Vontez Burfecht. Hasn't proved so, hasn't been the case so far, but do you see that possibly? Is Vontez Burfecht playing? Well, he won't be starting because we know he's going to serve another suspension, but how do you see? Is, is Vontez Burfecht on this Bengals roster come this NFL season? Well, I mean, if you look from a linebacker standpoint, the Bengals needed to they needed to get better. Uh, their middle linebacker was lacking, and you, your best linebacker was perfect. And then after perfect, it was a major drop-off. <clears throat> and whenever he was either hurt or if a suspension came his way, you could just really see the drop-off because you have guys, uh, special teamers, who can play, uh, you know, a good backup role like uh, Vinny Ray, but those guys aren't starters. And you have a Nick Vigil where he's – I like him. He He's coming along, but he he's just not there yet. And this is a move they had to do with Preston Brown. Um, with Marvin coming back, and that's one of his guys, I, I didn't see um, – I didn't see Burford going anywhere. Now, with the Raiders, and you're talking Paul Gunther being the defensive coordinator, uh, ex-Bengals defense D.C., you know, there was a possibility and there was a uh, a rumor that was leaked by a reporter saying that that Gunther was trying to recruit and trying to somehow make a trade to have the Raiders trade for Burfick to come to uh, Oakland. Um, so far, that hasn't played out, but you never know as we get closer approaching the draft. So we'll see how that all plays out. It, it'll be interesting to see. But as of right now, until the draft comes and, and passes, and if, if Burfick is on the roster, then I don't see him going anywhere, but that's yet to remain to be seen. The, the draft is coming up, so we'll know a lot more. Any post-combine thoughts with anybody that you'd like? We know the Bengals will be picking at 21. I don't know if you were watching those reps from the offensive linemen because most of the mock drafts got to take uh Will Hernandez from uh, Texas El Paso. Um, I'll uh, tell you honestly, I don't have a scouting report on that guy, Garrett. I will the next time we talk. But um, right, he's just right, one of the guys right. that I just don't know a lot about. <laughs> you know what I'm um, he's an offensive lineman for Lord knows. Uh, but – Anybody that you, anybody that you're thinking, or where, where should the Bengals be going here as we get closer to the draft? Well, like I mentioned, the uh, Bengals respectively uh, traded with the Buffalo Bills. They swapped picks in the first round, going from 12 and moving back to 21 to trade for the massive uh, behemoth left tackle in respect quarter Glenn. And with that being said, 21, you can kind of go anywhere. <clears throat> and the Bengals still have to take in consideration, even though they brought in Preston Brown, and 
Vontez Burfick, he's going to appeal this uh, because it was basically a treatment for, I guess, a concussion. And the medical staff, I guess it sounds like they made a, a boo-boo as far as what he uh, put into his body, but Burfick has to be aware and mindful of what he's putting in his body. But I, with all that being said, uh, we also have Russell Bodine, the center, who I'm so happy is going in free agency, and he's another guy, uh, Bengal, who will be a Buffalo Bill this season. So with that being said, uh, keep his name in the radar. You know, he has a torn pectoral muscle, but he will be ready for training camp. And that would be Billy Price of Ohio State at center because they need a, a starting center here in Cincinnati. So that's a uh, a name that uh, really sticks out to me. I think, you know, the Bengals could go another way. They could really go uh, – they really need a safety. So they, they could go free safety – that's that's yet to remain to be seen if they do it, but that's definitely another way the Bengals could go. So it's it's a couple a couple options they could go, and I could actually see. I don't think not with the first round, but in some later picks, just to add some depth at running back. With the uh, departure of Jeremy Hill, he signed with the New England Patriots. So you have Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon. But they could definitely add some depth at, at running back, but I, I don't see that in the first round. All right, Garrett. Well, we know how it goes here on the Sending One South podcast. We want you to leave the people with some positive words about where you think the Bengals are going. As OTAs come to start and we look to the draft, um, is there anything that you would, if you were going crystal ball and you were making the call, what would you do with this Bengals draft? Well, um, a quarterback's best friend and a running back's best friend is what? The offensive line. They've uh, addressed the left tackle. That's an, that's one of your most important uh, positions on the offensive line. And now you got to come back and address in the draft, your center, um, and and I think they could actually look at the Bengals could also look at a uh, right tackle as well addressing that. Um, you know, you between Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher, they will fight for you know those reps to start at the right tackle position. But I think you can always beef up the offensive line, and I just like um, you know to show some encouraging moves just as far as Mike Brown giving. Marvin, you know, even that it's year 15, actually giving him more say as far as personnel moves and just uh, letting him hire his staff. Uh, Paul Alexander, Alexander was a great guy. I think, you know, they made a lateral swap too. I think he went out to uh, offensive line coach, went out to Dallas, and <clears throat> we picked up Dallas's uh, O-line coach and Miss uh, Pollock. And I really like him, and, you know, if you can go back, you can think about Dallas has had one of the top offensive lines the past, Frank Pollock, the past two to three years, and uh, I think that was a great signing. And Austin Terrell, our defensive coordinator, I think he'll be uh, a very uh, D coordinator here. You know, he came down from uh, Detroit, so I I think those are – major key hires to really get things turned around and get that offensive line where it needs to be. Uh, Because when Dalton has time, he's definitely an effective quarterback. And I think we have 
a Hall of Fame caliber running back in Joe Mixon, if he can just, you know, just work out, stay doing as he does, keeps his head down. And, you know, if you give this guy some holes, I've seen him make plays without holes last season, but if you give him some running lanes, this guy is very special. I mean, he kind of reminds you a little bit of a Le'Veon Bell with a little bit more speed. So, you know, those are just things positive to look at. And I just look at the front office in general, and they've actually really gotten aggressive. And, you know, in the article it says that the Bengals are in win-now mode. And they're not just talking the talk. They're actually walking the walk and, and making those changes and doing those things that you need to win within the front office and free, free agency. And with all of these draft picks that we have, uh, about 10 or 11 also with your compensatory picks, the Bengals can really address their needs all across the board to really get this team back into playoff contention. Well. And, and and more news, the Bengals, uh, kind of what you're talking about, building that consistency and that continuity and when now Mo extended Bill Lazor at offensive coordinator. And then and probably even the best news that you could want to hear, John Ross is healthy, Garrett. And not only is he healthy, he's working out with a rival in Juju, Sh- Sh- uh, Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. Yeah, That's Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. But you know who else he's working out with? Former who Bengals great. T.J. Huzman Zada, who's working on him with his route running. And I think that's going to be something that could definitely help him come this season. I, I totally agree, because if you remember, um, T.J. Huzman Zada actually went to school with Chad Johnson at uh, Oregon oh, yeah. State. And, you know, it, it's it's been documented. You know, if you watch some of the NFL films, those kinds of things, where Chad will tell you that, hey, man, T.J. helped me out tremendously as far as teaching me the route tree and how to run the routes. And, and I mean, that's key, and, and that's what John Ross needs. I think he had this time, you know, even though he really didn't see a lot of action, you know, he really had time to study the playbook. But it's, you know, those nuances that a guy who's done it before and who's a pro's pro like T.J. Hushmanzada, who was such a technician at running his routes, can give him some of those tricks of the trade where, hey, this is where you need to break off of this route or or come up off the top or or come back to the work your way back to the quarterback because he's in trouble and he doesn't have enough time for you to run that, that eight or that nine route. So those those kinds of things, you know, are, are invaluable. And, you know, I think Ross had a little bit more of an improv game plan out there at Washington you know, college, you're running those spread offenses, that kind of stuff, and those wildcat plays. And, you know, you got to get used to the traditional traditional pro-style offense that Bill Azor is uh, running. So all that is definitely positive, and that, that's definitely a great thing to work out with T.J. Usman. Well, he's out of Arvin Lewis's proverbial non-existent doghouse. Yeah. Um, which Coach Lewis said he, he was never in the doghouse. The guy was hurt, which I think we all can agree upon. But um, mm-hmm. it looks like he's going to have his confidence when the season starts, and especially in this off season working with. So that's a good thing. Um, let's talk about that in the podcast, Garrett. Marvin Lewis, given another contract, he's still with the Bengals. 
Your thoughts, we know how you felt last year, has all been forgiven? Have you washed it all away? Have you went to church and given Marvin Lewis your blessing as the Bengals embark on a new season? You know what, from a continuity standpoint, I understand it. Um, Now, with this two-year extension, I've kind of gotten over it, and I've seen what he's done with his staff and what the front office has actually done to to put around him to, to have Marvin be successful. So I, I think it's a good combination of things, and and what have I? What, let's say this: what ha, what I have liked the brand new coach, yes, because I think sometimes you need to shake things up. Uh, guys get comfortable after so long of hearing the same message, but I will say continuity is a good thing, and I'll, I'll say that you know it sounds like Marvin has a better say, and I've come to grips, and I I, I think that. You know, Marvin, he can win. It's, it's possible that they can win, but they, they need to get a playoff win within these two years. And if you don't get a playoff win within these two years, then, like I said, I will go back to Marvin has to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with, of course, a big draft podcast and uh, a little update on what's happening with the OTAs, what's the players report. Uh, Garrett, go ahead, take the people, take uh, Garrett, go ahead, take us out with your social media links and uh, close it up. Hey, hey, you, I can be reached. Uh, Twitter, Ohio Player 80, IG, throwback in the modern world, and you can see me on Facebook, Garrett Staples. I'm always posting. I, I love sports. This is what I do. Um, I will be at the Ohio Media Campus in in Columbus getting ready to go through the uh, sports broadcasting program. So uh, I look forward to talking with you guys in the I-71 South podcast. And like uh, Demetrius mentioned, we're getting ready to go into the NFL draft. It's like Christmas for us uh, football fans, football guys. And it's just an opportunity for your respective teams and, and definitely the Bengals to get better. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can always find this podcast at withanohiobias.com, on iTunes, in the Google Play Store, and on Stitcher. Uh, basically, everywhere podcasts available, and even maybe coming to Spotify very soon. Um, please give us a like on Facebook, and, of course, you can follow at withanohiobias on Twitter. And uh, we thank Garrett for doing all the hard work on the Facebook page as well. So if you can't get enough of Garrett's hot takes or you need a little appetizer until the next podcast, always make sure you give us a like on Facebook so you can get that as well. We thank you for listening. And, Garrett, I think you got one thing to finish this one up. You know it, A. Hey, this is I-71 South Podcast. And as always, welcome to the jungle. And who day? All right, brother. All right, my man. I, th- I think we covered a we covered a lot of topics. It was it was good to get going again. I, I know it's a little rust, but uh, definitely needed, and we can uh, turn it up again. Yeah, <clears throat> but like now, I just want to say we can open up the show to anything you want to talk about, man. Okay. Um, so, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't just have to be Bengals focused because it's not going to be a lot to talk about until after the draft or like right before the draft and stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Definitely, Cavs in the playoffs and. What's shaking out and, and just, uh, you know, free agency still, of course. 
And it can be then, anything sports. That's what I'm saying, though. So you, yeah, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, as you, as you feel, whatever you feel that you want to get off your chest with a sports take, you know what I mean? So okay. I, I was about to go, I was about to make a Dak Prescott boat joke, you know what I mean, that Dallas has <laughs> made good selection like he did on that boat, but I just, you know what I'm saying, I didn't want to take it there. But, yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? Right, That's what right, Okay. Okay. I will. I will definitely keep that in mind. Sounds good. All right, man. All right, buddy. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Peace. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.